Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And I still come back to what I thought at the very beginning. If anybody asks me why. It's Indiana. It's Indiana. Oh! And one in! And one in! And Indiana wins the ball game! As it knocked away, it's a Oh! And a deep <laughs> Welcome to Indiana Basketball. Welcome to Indiana Basketball Indeed. How are you doing, everybody? I'm Ken Bikoff, and welcome to the Peaks Podcast, brought to you by Peaks.com. Goodness gracious, there's a lot going on for late June, and we have plenty to get through on this week's show. We have a developing story out of Wisconsin about Badgers head coach Bo Ryan. We have recruiting news from a busy couple of weeks at camps, and we have what is easily going down as a social event of the summer thus far in Bloomington, at least when it comes to Hoosier fans. Plus, we're going to get to some questions from subscribers from Peaks.com. But coming on to discuss all of this and so much more with me is Peaks.com founder and publisher Mike Pegram. Mike, how are you doing today? Hey, Ken, glad to be here, enjoying some terrific uh, weather here in Indiana, and but we've got to talk hoop, don't we? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's always talking hoop, and I'd like it to warm up. I have a pool I'd like to use at some point this summer, but uh, one place they don't get to use the pools a lot is in Madison, and uh, that's with some shocking news. At least I, I was really shocked by it, uh, news that Bo Ryan would be walking away from Wisconsin after this season. It was kind of took everybody by surprise. Let's talk a little bit about the timing of the announcement and kind of the impact that this development is going to have on IU and the Big Ten going forward. Well, it makes some sense, and then he's coming off uh, a couple, you know, the best seasons ever, and and he's he's not a young guy. Um, so it, it makes some sense from his perspective, but there, but there was no clues that this was going to happen. I mean, there was no rumors of this. He seems to really enjoy coaching, and um, and I think this was his thirty first year. Of, as as a as a head coach it was you know an amazing run, uh, so it was a bit of a surprise and and the, you know well now we were, everybody's speculating on what will happen there but he's going to coach one more season let's be clear about that and then and then uh, be done with uh, done with his career and, and and going out on top I mean there's you know, how many guys really go out on top whether it be a player or a coach at the end of their career. Well, it, you know, people were right away at the timing of it. You know, does he have a health problem? What What is that? Wisconsin quickly shot down that talk. But what it actually does, I think that really this is the best possible way that a school can make a transition because not only do you have a situation where a coach can go on a tour, really be honored by his peers and other schools and give the fans a chance to give him basically a year-long hug, 
It also provides a program with a little bit of an emotional boost uh, going forward, and it allows people to talk about who's going to be the next head coach at Wisconsin pretty openly. And, you know, if they have a guy in mind, they're, they're able to make that transition and then make it as smooth as possible without just scrambling. Like, you know, if he would retire right now, then all of a sudden it's a huge scramble in middle of June. Yes, it's 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 a dead period here for the, for the coaches, but it just seems like it's going to uh, let this transition maybe go a little bit more smoothly than than it would if he just walked away right now. Now, the other question that we have for for you is: Indiana famously has struggled against Wisconsin, certainly uh, over or during the Tom Crean era. Just going forward. How does the next coach of Wisconsin, whoever that might be, how does he continue to to roll with with the kind of success that Bo Ryan had and Dick Bennett had before him? Well, I think you know. I think you want you if ideally you bring in somebody who's in uh, who's been a part of that system. It, we've you know you've you've seen schools bring in assistants. I think I always think of Xavier because they seem to roll. For a while, rolled coaches through, but they they stayed with their system. And Butler's had some success in in that same vein, staying with somebody is in their system. And I think they have a good candidate in Greg Gard, who's associate head coach, has gotten a lot of um, kudos for his X's and O's behind the scenes there. Um, but you know, I think they would you know want to talk to Tony Bennett with his history in Wisconsin. I don't know that he would want to leave with you know Virginia. It's a terrific situation. He's winning ACC titles there. You know why? Why mess with success? It's the same level. It's it wouldn't. It would just be. You know, possibly he might want to be interested in coming home, but he's he's not going to really be. It would be a lateral move, is what I'm getting to. Uh, but uh, you know, if they if they go in a completely different direction, somebody that's been somewhere else, it's a little bit more of a risk in the long. Uh, in and maybe not in the short run, but in the long run, it could be because what they've done is they they've really. Developed a system that they 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 recruit their state really well, and they find players that fit their system. Whether it be guys who can shoot in the swing offense, or or guys who are really good defensive players coming in and really make them tough, um, you know, with that kind of defensive bowls like to play with, and and uh, you know, and the, and the basketball talent in their state's gotten better, so it's really been a, a fruitful run here for Bo. And it feels that, you know, from an Indiana perspective, yeah, not having to go up against Bo Ryan is going to be certainly a positive, not only for Indiana, but for the rest of the Big Ten. But it also doesn't seem like Indiana has is really in a lot of recruiting wars with Wisconsin. It seems that they go after different kinds of kids. So will this impact Indiana on the recruiting trail at all? I guess basically make more prospects maybe more available than they previously would have been. Well, you know, one thing it could lead to in a few years is um, Tom Crean has a lot of contacts in Wisconsin, but it's really hard to pull away someone. And the only player that they've grabbed was um, Luke Fisher, who only stayed for one semester. But uh, that was actually a nice coup by Indiana in terms of a talent, a guy with um, some size. But I think that, uh, you know, the risk you change coaches up there that they might not have as great a hold on the talent. Uh, there and you have a new coach at Marquette who's just getting his feet wet. It seems to have recruited well in Steve Wojcicki, but uh, you know there's a risk there. He's got to prove himself. So that it could be an area that Indiana takes advantage of because the context that the staff has already developed from their days at, at Marquette up there. But you know, time will tell. 
Well, of course, that's Indiana going against Wisconsin on the recruiting trail, but they recruit against everybody. And I know that you were at the Crossroads Elite Camp over this past weekend to see basically the kids from class of 2017, class of 2018, 2016. Who who really stood out at this camp, and and who might IU have a shot out a shot at out of that group? Well, this was actually really young kids, but it was just up in Southport, which is a short drive from me here, and it was it just a chance to get a little peek at um, the, the, the sophomores and freshmen to be in high school. I came up with uh, a list of about 10 or 12 guys that really kind of stood out. And the top of the list was Christian Watford's younger brother, Trendon Watford, who I think could end up even better than his brother if he continues to grow. He's, he's already about six seven, and, and he moves really well and shoots it and I think handles the ball better and is a little bit more agile than his brother. So if he if he grows, um, he's going to be a tremendous prospect, and, and he is – as evidenced by offers from Alabama and uh, Mississippi State, and I imagine Indiana will offer here in the next few months or sometime when they, you know, really can wine and dine him maybe at a Bloomington trip. But, uh, you know, and he wasn't the only guy there. There's, there's other guys there that were already with, you know, big five conference offers. Um, so, you know, and Kevin Easley was there on the last day. He's got offers from Indiana and Purdue, a tremendous sophomore to be at Lawrence north there in indianapolis so he's an obvious guy for indiana recruit uh keon uh, uh from from uh up there in, in uh, brooks ken brooks from up there in fort wayne north a tremendous t- uh, six seven area kid that should maybe up to six nine by the time he's done with high school there's a lot of and then and they brought in players from as far away as alaska saw some uh, a really good player from phoenix some talent from Ohio, which really actually Ohio is Ohio has quickly become the best state for talent in the Midwest. I think it's maybe even per, surpassed Illinois for the time time being at least. Just a lot of really good players from that area. Um, it's interesting. One of the guys from Ohio tried to explain to this to us. He said that all these Ohio State football players are staying in the Columbus area um, and having kids, and these kids are really talented, <laughs> and it. And it'd be for football or basketball, but they're all around the burbs of Columbus, and uh, they're just more and more kids from that area that are really Big Ten level, and um, and so it's become, uh, I think, a, a focus area for Indiana, Purdue, Michigan, and Michigan State because Ohio State can't land all those all those players, and and uh, so that was a really good point guard from there, two two really good point guards, and I can't say that I can't say well who's a really good point guard from Indiana. That's a hard answer to come up with, but from Ohio, I can name two or three really young kids for a hard position to recruit. So it was fun. It's just a, it was an early look at some of the talent to get a, a baseline benchmark for, you know, judging if they've gotten taller or better next summer. And it was just up here in Indy and, and, and the talent level was pretty high. Which has to be on, you know, just a positive for uh, the area. I mean, you, you look at and being able to have this kind of camp in Indiana's backyard, which, you know, certainly this isn't anything new that that's happening. These kind of camps have have been going on for some time. But uh, just, just to be able to bring in that level of talent really kind of solidifies the Big Ten area as well. And I know that you said that they brought in people from from outside. I think that, I know the one guy you, you talked a little bit about, Christian Watford's brother, and how impressed you were by him. Who else do you see that just had had the skills that that could really really become a special player? Is there anybody that really stood out? Well, Kevin Easley is a tremendous talent from Lawrence North, and uh, I the uh, 
there was a really good player from I came all the way from Seattle. His name was um, Kevin Porter. He's he's a tremendous uh, five you know maybe not five star but a high four star level. There's a, there's a player from uh, Huber Heights, Ohio, Christian Smith. That's going to I think maybe play with um, plays with the Indy Hoosiers program. That's uh, you know six uh, five physical. Uh, you know maybe Charles Barkley light kind of. Uh, description for him and and then a really a good player that i know uh visit indiana the hoosiers are really following closely is six foot four israel barnes from wichita from uh, sunrise academy that's produced a lot of high level athletes including two at michigan state right now um and laurels nairn and, and another player uh, it, Marvin Clark, uh, they've, that's a really good program. And Israel Barnes was really smooth shooter and he'll be a sophomore this year at Wichita. And I, you know, what, what Indiana did and which, you know, it's smart because this is the first time I think it's been this close to Bloomington. I had about a half, I think about a dozen players come in and visit over before the camp and then maybe some after the camp because it's only 45 minutes away from, from IU campus. Uh, so that was really good. And, and and one other thing I thought should be interesting to those who follow up, a guy who's really coming on is right there in Newton Bloomington, Musa Jallo, six foot four, jumps out of the gym, plays at North, teammate of um, Tom Crean's son, it, it, Riley. I mean, there's a tremendous, there's a lot of guys here with connections. You know, Christian Watford, obviously, um, an IU player, so his brother would obviously be familiar with the campus, and so would Musa Jallo. And then all, all these players visiting the school is just kind of a, get that early indoctrination to the to the city and the, the program and to the coaching staff. So that that's kind of what the story was from this event. Maybe for some of Jeff and I to get a quick look at at things, but if for but the story for the fans is is these guys got a chance to see Indiana at an early stage, and these are some of the guys who will be in the rankings going forward. For for the class of 2017 and 18, it's an early look, but how do you see just the class from the state of Indiana, the pool of homegrown guys IU's going to get to pick from? How do you see that group shaping up? Well, I think uh, right now, if I could say the best player, probably Chris Wilkes from Indianapolis North Central, but that's a kind of a wide-open recruitment. I think he's going to possibly be at the end of the five-star range, which means Kentucky, Kansas. In fact, he visited Kentucky just just a week ago or so. It, that's going to be a hard one to gauge and recruiting in. But uh, another player from his an AU teammate of his uh, from from Southport, uh, Paul Scruggs, is also in that kind of top fifty range and could be a point guard if he continues to work on his decision making with the ball and can has the handle, has tremendous finishing finishing ability. Six foot three, so he could still play two guard. He's um, he's really made a lot of visits to Indiana. Found the time to come down, which is you know always a sign that he he's a real uh, high high percentage chance for the Hoosiers there. And then there's six foot eleven Malik Williams at Fort Wayne. Snyder is, can block shots, run the court really well. And we're talking six foot eleven, which is so hard to find, especially he's lucky to find someone in the state at that height. And then there's a. Uh, uh, Jaron Jackson, who's six eight and growing, the son of Georgetown, you know, great, the same name and, and an NBA player. So he's got tremendous genes and, and indication he'll get better and, and taller. He's got an Indian offer, and then there's um, uh, 
there's one more uh, Hamilton um, Southeastern player, and Josh is his name, and, and um, he's a, another good player. He shoots the ball really, really well from the outside, and um, Zach Gunn is, is his name I'm, from six 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 forward. He might not be quite as at the level of these other players, because but with a shot like he has, and um, the range with it uh, to kind of he had some good strength to go along with that. He, he's a, a really good talent. So it's it's a really good – it's an uptick in the state. The 2016 class was really, is really down in terms of level level of players that Indiana could really go after. And this this is the, the uptick that uh, that always happens after, uh, you know, a down year or two. Well, those guys are all, uh, you know, possible Indiana Hoosiers of the future. Not all of them, obviously, but, but uh, you know, some of them could be Indiana Hoosiers of the future. Wanted to bring up some of the, the Indiana Hoosiers of the past. You had an interesting phenomenon over the weekend in that Jordan Hulls got married. And, uh, you know, you, you had an interesting thing because in this social media world in Twitter, you had the hashtag Hulls Party of Two trend because people were seeing Cody Zeller in a tux and Will Sheehy walking through a town with Victor Oladipo and Christian Watford. Derek Elston, you have all these guys that were obviously standing up in Hulls' wedding, and it was it was if their social media was buzzing about this wedding, which reception was held at uh, the Hall of Champions at Memorial Stadium. And what I think is interesting is that this is a group of guys that certainly are are just beloved by IU fans, and you know people love Jordan Hulls, they love Christian Watford, they love uh, you know, all these guys despite the fact that they've been gone for a couple of years and that team is actually seen as having underachieved a bit once it got to March, I just uh, think it's a, a really interesting kind of phenomenon to see just the the way that fans have embraced these guys. Not that they shouldn't because they were all great kids, but I, I what do you think it is about that group in particular that makes fans just embrace them as as strongly as they have? Well, I think it's because this this is the group that kind of returned Indiana national prominence, and and they lived through a little bit of the tough times, and uh, persevered and didn't quit on the university or the program, and then it all came together that you know the first year that Cody Zeller was there, and especially that second season, and fans really enjoyed watching those guys kind of. Uh, Go from from uh, under five hundred team to the number one ranking. That was a lot of fun to, yeah. you know, from any perspective, whether you're Indiana fan or not, to watch a team go from rag to riches in a short period of time. So that 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 was why there's, I think, a lot of association. I think that a lot of those players are really sharp um, young men, and they come across really well. Um, you know, and Jordan Hell's at the front of that, and uh, you've been great ambassadors. Cody Zeller and, and Victor Oladipo obviously got a lot of television time over the last few years, and, and they you know so so well spoken, such great senses of humors, and in the case of Victor, tremendous talents in other areas. Uh, so that they, they, they've really identified with that group, and and that that group has embraced Indiana all the way down to you know wearing pinstripes on their tuck underneath the, uh, their tux tops uh, for Jordan's wedding this weekend. So. Uh, you know that's that's what that really shows that their love love of of all things IU. Yeah, and it was great just to see again people sharing pictures of them. You know, as they were just as basically they were live tweeting the the reception and everything. Really great to see. And also, it was a group that rebuilt Indiana and stayed out of the police blotter, which is no small thing. 
you know, as, as what we've had in, in recent years. So I think that's certainly part of the reason why people have just – this that group to me seems to look better the more time goes on just because of the fact that they were they were so good, so much fun to watch, and they did it the right way. They stayed out of trouble. Yeah, they didn't feel as entitled as, as a lot of players do on some teams. Let me put it that way. And uh, I don't know if that comes from, from their parents uh, probably the most, but, you know, a little maybe a tiny bit comes from, you know, having to struggle a little bit right off the bat and work your way to success. Well, we got just a little bit of time left, but I wanted to run through some questions here that uh, we got from uh, some some folks on the message board. I hit them up and asked them to, to send me some questions that I could feed your way and get your thoughts on it. And I'll just read them the way that they were they were sent to me. And the first question um, it, it has to do with Devin Davis and Hunter Mascara Perea. It says, you know, the the front court got a little bit thinner than when they previously expected with them uh, being kicked off the team. What kind of impact do you see Juwan Morgan having on this team? The the question also says, I really liked his video while he was being recruited, and I always thought his first year he could be a nice bench player, five to six minutes a game. What do you see that impact for a Juwan Morgan? I think Juwan's ready to play. I think he's always been an extremely efficient player. I mean, he, does, he, he doesn't take shots that are not good shots. And that's why I think he's ready to play a little bit more than maybe OG and Anobi. But both of them are big enough to steal minutes, at, you know, inside at, at kind of a stretch four, you know, three, four kind of combo position, which, you know, I think they'll be with, you know, no Devin Davis, no Hunter, per, uh, Mascara Pereira. You, you know, you obviously see them playing a little bit more up there. And I think he's a really sharp um, young man who uh, – We'll uh, learn the we'll learn the system and the defensive principles real real quickly. Military family, I think he's ready for all the discipline. I he's not he's not really skinny, so that he you know will need you know time to to get get much stronger and to handle the wars. He, he, you know he's he can get much stronger, but it's he's he's gonna be ready to play a little bit. He can he plays taller than his height, gets up and blocks a lot of shots for someone. You know, just in that in that six, seven, three quarters kind of range. So I, I think he's a he's going to be a real nice role player for this for this year. I, I think he's he's pretty comparable to Emmett Holt um, in the kind of role I guess I would envision for for the team this coming season. Next question is: Can Troy figure out his jumper? It was supposedly must improve last summer, and we didn't see results on the court. Early reports from Skills Camper that his jumper looks good. Are you buying it? And more importantly, can he play under control and become a real defender? Yeah, it does sound like his jumper has gotten better if you based on what people saw from him in Houston and some extensive work that he was doing associated with some of the John Lucas stuff there. He started shooting better towards the end of the season. And, you know, it's I don't think it's – you look at it, it's shot. It's, it's not a hopeless situation where you're like cringing when you watch it like you, you know, might have done with Stanford Robinson or – or some of the other players in the past, it, it's it's not that far off, and he can hit it. I think that he would like to take more threes than he did this past year, uh, and you will probably see him take more threes. I would say his three-point shots may go back up to where it was two years ago, and it will be a much higher rate than two years ago. But uh, I don't think he's going to be a prolific shooter from, from downtown, but I, I do think uh, he's worked on it, and, and, you'll, and the results will, will allow him to to take be a little bit more aggressive with the shot. Um, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I don't want to predict too much, but I, you know, he's, 
you know, players get better. And I've, I know he's really worked hard at that part of his game because it's the missing ingredient for him to have a big, nice pro contract next year. Our next question says, this is one of the strongest Big Tens I've ever seen. Michigan State, Maryland, Purdue all look to be top 10 caliber teams. And you throw in Indiana, Ohio State, Michigan, and there's always Wisconsin as top 25 caliber teams. Can you remember the last time the Big Ten was this strong? And what are kind of your early power rankings for the preseason? Yeah, I, I you know, this is as good as uh, I think it's been. I mean, we've had... Uh, this year, I thought for a while that the league was a down, and maybe it was, and just had a nice run at the end by Michigan State. But um, this this coming season, it should be should be excellent. I, I like. I think you have to go with Maryland. Um, they were second in the league. They have the most talent on paper. They picked up a big man. That, they really kind of have an answer at every position. It's just that they're not as proven as that Wisconsin team was, uh, you know, of, of a year ago. Um, but and then then it becomes tricky, and, and a lot of people will put Indiana next. And I can't disagree with that, with Thomas Bryant being the answer at the five, and every everyone else of of note back. I know that, that Mascara Prayer is lost, but you know his stats weren't overwhelming, and he, and he missed a lot of time anyway, being out with injury. And they picked up Max Bielfeld to kind of take over that that depth at, at inside. So they they're in pretty good shape. Uh, for the number two spot, I think Michigan State is interesting, but they did lose Caleb Swanigan to Purdue there at the last second from what you know what we thought they might have. But again, they have a Deontay Davis, a five-star coming in, and a lot of experience, uh, the tremendous recruiting class. And they have Aaron Harris, who was like a 17-points-a-game player for West Virginia that set out last year. So, you know, they're really interesting. And I kind of like that those three as my top three right now you know, in in the league with, um, you know, uh, another player to watch out, another, excuse me, another team to watch out for is is, is Michigan, you know, with Karis LeVert coming back and, and he didn't play, you know, almost the whole entire Big Ten season. And the same deal with Derek Walton, who who was injured the time that he did play. So you're talking about two star, double-figure scoring starters that they did not have and they still were a pretty tough team at the end of the year and gave Wisconsin all that could in the Big Ten tournament. So I like, you know, that would be my fourth team. So right there, you're, you're pretty good. And, and now you've picked four teams when Wisconsin's never finished below fourth in the league before, you know, and forever. And it's Bo Ryan's last year, so they're going to be super motivated to go out on a big note. And they got a really nice duo with Nigel Hayes and Bronson Koenig. I, you know, and some guys that they've redshirted, as they always do. That's always been the thing about Bo Ryan's done, is he's always had guys in reserve that you don't know about. But they become the next Frank Kaminsky, and they become you know the next John Luer. You know you just they just kind of roll them out because they didn't need them that year, and they really work on their game, and that's what they've done. I think with guys like Ethan Happ and Jordan Hill. So you'll 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 know about those names, I'm sure, in, in a few months. But uh, and then Purdue, gosh, you know that we haven't even gotten to Purdue, and they've got more guys up front than about any team in the country with A.J. Hammonds, Isaac Haas, and now Caleb Swanigan, Mr. Basketball. You know, everybody's wondering if they can play them all together or two at a time. Um, we'll see, but Caleb can move a little bit, and, and uh, you just won't see Hammonds and Haas out there a lot together. Refield Davis became a really good defensive stopper. Vince Edwards was a great freshman. Kendall Stevens could could be much improved, and, and they just have to have an answer at point guard. Um uh, 
then they've tried to transfer route again here with Johnny Hill. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, those 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 are the teams I um, would be shocked if any of those teams did not make the tournament. So uh, after that, Ohio State and Iowa are pretty good teams with a lot of good names coming back, but just so many new pieces that you're just not as sure of. Um, I think Iowa still be pretty tough. So it, it, yeah, I could spend like an hour just going through how tough this league is. Yeah. So I don't want to bore everybody. We did do a preview once, and maybe we should do another one after you know a few move, movements here and here and there, including Indiana's roster. But uh, I don't feel if I'm if I'm Nebraska or Minnesota, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm not feeling too good about <laughs> things, even though they might actually uh, be better this coming season than they were, because the league is just going to be so tough to get over the hump to make the tournament is going to be uh, a real challenge for those teams that don't have as many, uh, don't have the depth the others do. What newcomers in the Big Ten are you most looking forward to watching? Um, you know, the big guys, Diamond Stone and, and Thomas Bryant, really jump out at me there and Caleb Swanigan. There's there's a post in, uh, group that's coming in, a real burst of size. It's so unusual to to, to see in this league all at once. So that's going to be really fun to watch uh, as we get, go forward. So that that's going to be really uh, a point that um, is going to be different for this, for the 2015, 16 campaign. Is the coaching staff going forward with the assumption that Thomas Bryan will be a one and done kid. If all goes according to plan. I think that uh, there's more of a two and, and, and uh, two year kind of plan. I vibe. I get from that from his situation. I don't. I, he's a little bit. He plays hard. He's got good size, and he can. He's got some nice skills. But he go to moves in the post. Strength uh, is not quite there. Uh, he, I I kind of view him as a guy who's going to need some time. You know, you could have said the same things about Noah Vonley. I think if he comes up and, and rebounds the way Noah Vonley did, double figures kind of level rebounding. You know, then, then all bets are off. But uh, I'm, I'm going to call this a two-year vibe, both in terms of how they've talked in his camp and, and what Thomas has said and what what I've seen from similar players. But, you know, we'll wait and see. If he's terrific, you know, he's got the size that pro, pro, pro teams really like. So more power to him in that situation. What recruit does Indiana have the best shot at landing for 2016? I think right now, um, Curtis Jones made a surprise um, earlier than planned visit just last week. I think he would probably be the most likely first member of the recruiting class. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to do a story on Cam, Cam Magusti, a really good two guard. I think there's going to be a lot of emphasis on wings in this class because there's going to be an exodus of those players, possibly. And those players are a little bit more plentiful. And the, the high-profile guys like Deron Davis and Raleigh Alkins um, seem to be taking their time. Bruce Brown maybe too. Those guys might be higher up on our hot board, but they're going to take their time and they're going to be recruited at a little higher level. And, and the first guy to want come on board is often an in-state player or someone that's not – where Indiana may be the most high-profile program involved or that they've got some visits in early. And I think Curtis Jones kind of fits that description. I think he's getting a lot. You know, he's a Boo Williams player. And Boo Williams' AU program has produced 
Indiana, Robert Johnson, and um, and of course Troy Williams. So there's a there's a little bit of a pipeline started there. So if I just you know that's just a guess, but uh, I think some some logic behind that. Last question we have here is any news on how Max Bielfeld has looked in workouts? Um, you know I haven't heard a lot about that. I've heard that the f- freshmen are doing pretty well, uh, but you know Max, I don't really know. I, you know, I guess I haven't asked around because he's some play, somebody everybody saw play. <laughs> you know, he's he's a known commodity. Um, what he does, I don't think he's a guy that's going to start, but he's going to give you a solid 10, 15 minutes. Um, he's banged around. I think you know what you're going to get with him. It's not going to be anything outstanding, but it is depth, and it is somebody who's not who's not going to know what he's doing out there. And with Honor Priya gone and Devin Davis not able to help. <laughs> You need some Indiana needed somebody like that, and they and they got it with Max Biafel. Well, Mike, I really appreciate you coming on and talking about all this. You know, like I said, it's it's late June. It's supposed to be a quiet time, and yet here we are. You know, there's a, there's all kinds of things going on with recruiting and in Wisconsin. But I certainly appreciate you coming on and uh, and giving your views. Ken enjoyed it once again. Thanks, thanks, thanks for taking the time. Well, folks, that's all the time we have on the Peaks podcast this week. I want to thank Mike Pegram for coming on as our guest. Also want to remind you to visit Peaks.com for the very best coverage of IU football, basketball, and recruiting that you're going to find anywhere on the Internet. So come be a part of a thriving community. You're just not going to be disappointed. But for now, and for Mike, Jeff Rab, Johnson, Matt Weaver, I'm Ken Bykoff saying thanks for listening and so long, everybody.